elected officials. You pray for them. And not just pray, supplicate, specific prayers, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks. Wow! Now it doesn't say if you agree with them. It doesn't say if you like them. It doesn't say if you like their their background or their views on this. God and politics are taboo subjects to many people. Well, today, Pastor Daniel faces them both head-on as he continues in this study of Romans. You'll be encouraged to sincerely pray for those in authority over you. Not only should you intercede for government officials, but you should give thanks for them as well. Pastor Daniel reminds you that God wants you to do this even if you don't like them or agree with what they do. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Romans chapter 13 as he continues his message, Let's Talk Politics. governmental authority is ultimately God bestowed. Now, if you realize that, and in the same way, you know, when we look at a family, God's design, of course, is that within a family, a husband and a wife are the heads of their family, so to speak, right? A man will leave his father and mother and he will cling to his wife and the two will become one flesh. The idea is that when you leave your family of origin and you become a married couple, now all of a sudden you're on that same level with your spouse. And then within that idea, now all of a sudden everything rolls. So you're no longer subject to your family of origin. Now you're subject to your spouse. Now within that, God has given men a position of headship over their wives. Now we're going to have to unpack that because I just said that out loud, but that's what the Bible teaches, right? The idea is, is that when authority has been granted by God, now the question becomes is, how do we broker that authority? Ah. Now you have to realize, when God grants authority, God never gives authority so that somebody can hurt somebody, malign them, put them in a bad situation, uh, be self-centered, it's all about them. And one of the big issues we have as it relates to governments, or whether it's authority in your job, in your home, and all these different, is when somebody uses authority or power to hurt other people, to oppress people. But... God does not give authority for oppression. God gives authority for protection and flourishing. If you don't believe me, anybody here who's put their faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the ultimate authority. What did Jesus do? He laid down his life for us. The ultimate King sacrificed himself for the benefit of the people who are for him. And so the problem is not with authority in and of itself. The problem is the way that power or authority is brokered. Does that make sense? But what we see here is that God gives authority to governments. And as believers, our job is to realize that we live in submission. Like you may not like the the speed limit laws, but guess what? They don't care if you don't like it. They made the laws. And so we have to live in subjection to that. Now, from there, he says, for there is no authority except from God and the authorities that exist are appointed 
by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So really what the encouragement here is that God is saying, because the authority has been given by God, that when you resist the authority that is God given, ultimately you get yourself into trouble. And so right here, the Bible is encouraging you and I to be law abiding citizens, to be law abiding citizens. Now, Of course, the Bible also teaches that there are times when the governing authorities invite us or force us by law to do things that are against the word of God. And at that point, like the apostles in in Acts chapter 5, we have to choose to honor God's authority above any sort of civil authority. Okay, so you have to put that together there. That when the government is encouraging you to do something that is fine, moral, just, then we do it. But when the government enacts laws that say, you have to do this, then civil disobedience is the norm. That's the position that you have to take. But by and large, as long as the government is not asking us to do anything immoral, then our job is to submit to that as unto the Lord knowing that any resistance to that authority is going to bring judgment and God doesn't want us to come into judgment. Notice what it says, verse three. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. So the idea is that a good government that understands its authority is an issue for people who want to do wrong. Now, of course, Titus chapter three, verses one and two says it this way. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey And to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. So you see now, Paul, in writing to Titus, he puts together this idea of being submissive to the rules and authorities over us, and to be ready for what every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all people. Now, As it relates to modern contemporary politics, that is really good biblical counsel, isn't it? Speak evil of what? What did it say? Speak evil to what? To no one. How should we be? Peaceable, gentle, humble. Now, here's what I've learned in my 43 trips around the sun on this spinning ball that we're living on. What I've learned is that everyone's really good at doing that when you agree with the person who's in office. They're so happy, supportive. But it's when you don't agree with the person in office that we really see what's in someone's heart. And I've been raised in a political environment that has been so, I mean, as an adult, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, I remember Ronald Reagan got elected. I was five five years old when he got elected the first time. And so I don't really remember that. My first political memories, of course, was the first uh, war uh, with Iraq, with George Herbert Walker Bush. But in my adult years, all I've ever seen is angry politics, divisive politics. Right, And I was raised in a family where we never spoke about religion or politics at the table, except they always did. And they always fought about it. Right, And so when I start reading verses like this as a Christian, I was raised like many of us. Actually, all of us have been nurtured in this environment. All of us have seen this environment become more polarized and divisive. And what happens is when you're being nurtured in this environment, you begin to take on the attributes and qualities of it unless you make your allegiance to another kingdom. And then all of a sudden you say, okay, so my job is to speak evil of no one. My job is to be a peacemaker, peaceable. 
My job is to be gentle. My job is to be humble. Now, can we be honest? Is that the tone of modern political discussion today? No. Now, here's the deal. We shouldn't expect that to be the tone because if this is the kingdom that people are aligned to, they're going to line up with their ethics. But if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, God has a more excellent way for you. You have to ask yourself right now, how am I holding my politics? Do I speak evil of people? Stop it. Are you peaceable? Are you a, a, a proactive proponent of peace? Are you gentle? If you're not, stop it. Are you wise in your own opinion? Stop it. Be humble. All these verses showing all humility to all people. Not if you agree with them or not. How's everyone doing? Everyone's doing okay? Okay, should we keep going? You guys are gluttons for punishment. (laughs) Okay, look what it says. The middle of verse 3 says it this way. It says, Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Now, what we learn here is that God uses government. God God only grants authority, God uses government. Because really what it's saying here in these verses is that, that these rulers, these authorities are God's servant to you for good. That's what it says in verse 4. So the idea is that God leverages government to be able to serve humanity. Now in the ideal situation... That person sees themselves in their position of power and sees that they've been granted that authority by God and they say, I want that authority that's been God-given. I want to use it to serve the people for good and to protect the people from evil. That should be the ideal. Now, I, I heard it said this when I really love this, is that God created government, but people created politics. Now, I think that's a very provocative statement because if you think about it, God has always leveraged government in some ways. And if you read your Bible from cover to cover, you see that. Now, what's interesting, of course, in our day and age, unlike the biblical times, is that we get to vote for our elected officials. I can I just say something? As a follower of Jesus, you should vote. That is a gift that you've been given. Right? So it's like, and we'll talk about that in a second, about how, how we should move through this. But if you realize that God uses government, the fact that we, unlike the people in biblical times, get to elect our officials, that's an awesome privilege that we have. And we should all be involved in that. Now, for the people who are going to say, well, oh, here we go, because, you know, Christians always want to legislate their beliefs to everyone. Listen, everybody votes based on their own conscience. So anytime a person votes... You vote based on what you value. You vote for people who value what you value. So the only reason people don't like it is they have a different set of values and they don't want any competition. But what I love so much about the government that God is using in the United States is that each one of us has an equal part to play in the election of officials. Nobody gets multiple votes. It's like each person gets a vote. And and because God uses government, we should be involved in that. 
And we should do that as an act of worship unto God. And we should vote for things that we value. We should vote for people that we agree with. Because everyone's doing that anyway. So the idea of it's like, it's not separation of church and state. Wrong. Everyone's allowed to vote based on what they value. And if your values are driven from your Christian beliefs, great. If your values are driven by your non-Christian secular beliefs, you get the same vote as everybody else. So everyone's allowed to vote. So with that, God uses government. Now, of course, the problem becomes, and these verses become challenging, because oftentimes the government is not looking to reward good, and they're not looking to suppress evil. Right? And we have all sorts of data over thousands of years of human history to be able to see that there are times when the government is the problem. Like you think of someone like the German theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer who ended up dying in a Nazi prison because he was involved in a plot to try and assassinate Adolf Hitler because he was involved in a government that was, was doing one of the greatest uh, tragedies and genocide in human history. And in those extreme situations, the people of God have had to take some extreme measures. Some people would disagree. And, but in the midst of a government that is hell-bent on evil, then the people of God, because we have a higher authority, need to resist against that. That old saying, evil proliferates when good people do nothing. That's real. But we have to really decide between, is it just that somebody got elected who I don't agree with, or is it truly even what I believe is that in this day and age, people can't handle it. And we see it with, the, with our current president and our last president. Because one was a Democrat and one's a Republican. And when the Democrat was in office, all the people who were Republican got all freaked out. <laughs> and then they elected you know, a Republican president and all the people who don't vote for that president. Go, and, and so it's like, okay, everyone's freaking out now. You know? And of course, our Bible says, uh, don't freak out. <laughs> Why do you fret, it says. Or as I like to say in the King James, it would be freakest thou not. <laughs> so we have to decide between, is the God-given elected official because of the voting of the people, as is it someone I don't agree with? Let's not freak out. There's other things we're supposed to do in that situation. You may say, oh, well, Daniel, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, listen to what it says, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications prayers, intercessors, and the giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what should you do with all your elected officials? You pray for them. And not just pray supplicate specific prayers, prayers, intercessions, and the giving of thanks. Wow. Now, it doesn't say if you agree with them. It doesn't say if you like them. It doesn't say if you like their, their background or their views on this. It's the same thing for all people. Why? What's the goal of the person whose authority is the eternal kingdom, the kingdom where Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. What is it? Listen to what it says. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. See, our goal as believers is that the government not interfere in our desire to lead quiet, peaceful lives of godliness and reverence. So it doesn't matter if you agree with the elected official or not. 
Our goal is the same. But then it tells us what our real goal is, which is why I am comfortable saying that one of the greatest enemies of the good news of Jesus is divisive American politics. Because listen to what it says. This is 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. For this is a good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. What is the ultimate goal of the child of God? To see people come to know Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, as long as everybody thinks that Jesus aligns himself with one of the uh, political parties, then the other 50% of the people, because that's the way it's voted right now, it's pretty much split down the middle, the other 50% of people say, I can't come to know Jesus. Why would I want to know Jesus? Because Jesus is like those people. And guess what? God isn't content to lop off 50% of the population from his salvation. And I'll be honest with you, you shouldn't be either. Why would you want to limit the scope of God's great news, the gospel? Why would we, in the name of a political issue right now, limit the scope of what God wants to do? I'm here to tell you, listen, if you, on your social media, if all of your friends believe and vote just the way you do, you're not on mission with Jesus. You have lopped off half the population. And in your mind, you think you did the right thing. You did the wrong thing. Because Jesus didn't come just to save people who are all exactly alive. Jesus came to save all people. Nobody's mistakes are too far from the grace of God. I'm here to tell you, if most of your Facebook posts are political and they're divisive, then guess what? You're part of the problem. And you need to stop being part of the problem. Because if you spent as much time praying for the people who you don't agree with, interceding for them, giving thanks for them as you do posting about them, we'd all be in a much better place. It would work differently. Okay, look at the person that you say, I love you. Because Jesus loves you, tell him. And even if we don't agree on politics, I still love you. Because Jesus' love is greater than politics. Amen? Amen. Now, even though you told each other, I know you mean that about me too. So we're all good. We're all, and I mean it about you. But listen, we got to keep this thing on the biblical place. We need to keep this thing solid here. Now, there's one more step. And I think that this step is really, really important. Look what it says in verse 5 of Romans 13. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers attending continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due. Taxes to whom taxes are due. Customs to whom customs. Fear to whom fear. And honor to whom honor. Now as it relates to politics, brothers and sisters, look, you and I, we need to live honorably. God wants us to live in a way that is honorable. Honorable to God, honorable to our allegiance to the greater kingdom, to the kingdom of heaven, of which we are made citizens by the finished work of Jesus. Now, what's amazing is that the apostle Paul, he explains to us that us being subject to the governing authorities, not only because of wrath, but because of conscience sake. And so the idea in these verses is simply that the idea of wrath, because when we resist the government then we come in conflict with the laws of the government, right? And then you get the judgment of the government. So like if you 
dishonor the speed limit, you drive however you want to drive, then you end up getting a ticket. You end up, and that's one example. And if you do something worse, then you get other things that go on. So one is because of the judgment that the authority can offer. And the second is because of conscience sake. And, and the idea of conscience is the personal pain that a person suffers when they do something wrong. So really what he's saying is that there is something in internal in the heart of a person creating the image and likeness of God, that when we resist the government, it, it creates a, a question of conscience for each one of us, right? And so then from there, the apostle Paul explains to us that really we should render to all their due. And of course, he's quoting uh, what Jesus said in Matthew 22, right? When they asked him about, uh, you know, the, paying the temple tax. Well, whose image and likeness is of this? You know, it says, render to Caesars the things that are Caesars and to God the things that are God. And so the idea here is that for us, our job is to render to everyone according to their due. Now, I think it's interesting that he speaks about taxes here because if there's ever a hot political discussion, it's about taxes, you know, and I've heard of uh, Christian uh, teachers and leaders who went to jail because they don't believe that they're supposed to pay taxes, which you're like, man, you got to be kidding me. Just go read Romans chapter 13, verse six. Listen. I get that we don't like paying taxes, right? I get that. But listen, I also get the fact, I've been to countries where there's no roads. I'm super grateful that there's roads. I've been to countries where there's no clean water. Guess what? I'm super grateful that there's clean water. I've been to countries where in the middle of winter at 10,000 feet, there is no heat all day long because they're on hydropower and the heat comes on at midnight and goes off at five in the morning. So if you want to take a shower, which you don't in a cold shower in the middle of the day, in the middle of winter at 10,000 feet, I'm super grateful that the energy works in our country. And you have to realize that our taxes go to all that kind of stuff. In the same way, even though I might not agree with the way that politicians choose to set their own salary, I think that's a conflict of interest. I'm also grateful that they don't do this as like their side hustle. Now, some of you might say, well, they're doing, they have all sorts of side hustles. That might be true, but we have to pray for them. But the thing is, is you don't want someone governing and making huge decisions for a whole world with the, the end of their energy. So the idea is, so if you're one of those people who are like evading your taxes, Stop it. You make Christians look bad when you do that. It's like our taxes pay for school for kids. I've been to places where there's no school for kids. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel closed out this teaching about politics by urging you to live honorably to God and to your allegiance to his kingdom you learn that you subject yourself to authority not only because of the rules it enforces, but also for the sake of your own conscience. With this in mind, Pastor Daniel reminded you that paying your taxes is important to your witness as a believer and your responsibility as a citizen. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, 
Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Join us again here on Jesus is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel will invite you to discover the main thing about life, love. As you dive into the book of Romans, you'll be reminded that love is the main thing because it fulfills God's law and helps people know that you're a follower of God. Pastor Daniel will explain God's definition of love and will help you think through how well you love the people in your life. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Amplify. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.